Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We're just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. I'm Arkita. I'm Jenny. And I'm Danielle. And today we have Darius Prince on to talk about Into the Spider-Verse with us. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. So uh, we like to ask our guests uh, what pronouns they use. So the three of us use she, her, hers. Uh, what are yours? I actually don't know anything about that. So um, no, I, I don't claim to understand these things. I just know that I respect it. So I guess I would be uh, him. Yeah, he, yeah. him, and his, right? That yes. would be me then. That's correct. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a lie. I'm not going to sit here and claim to know anything about that's okay stuff. that's okay that's why we ask cool. people yeah i'm cool with it that let's way. work let's work with everyone's it. respectful <laughs> so i've known darius for about a decade through when i was working at st mark's comics oh, party, um, time. party time it's like its own little family um uh so i'm super excited to have you on this episode both as a huge spider-man nerd and as a black man born and raised in brooklyn damn right uh Uh, when we have guests on we like to give them as much space as they are comfortable with to discuss their mental health and their connection to the geeky world so what interested you about being on this episode and also can you tell us a little bit about what you do uh i am a product photographer for various companies so i do a lot of freelance uh work for a lot of toy companies you may see my work but you may not even know that it's me with a lot of stuff and then you may see my own personal stuff if you follow me on instagram um and as far as uh, mental health goes, it's funny because uh, what you brought me onto the show because we're very close friends. I've known you for a long time, even though I haven't seen you in a long time. It's because, you know, you worked your ass off to get where you are. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. And a lot of us uh, have grown. So it, it's good to see and hear from you. And when you talk about mental health, you've known me uh, when I was in a very rough spot to be now being uh, semi-successful. So it's really cool that even through all this, you've seen me and watched me grow as both a person and a friend. So I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Um, but as far as the mental health goes, uh, I would say uh, I grew up uh, in the 90s in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. So it would go as, as bad as uh, what you think it would go. I saw a lot of violence. I saw a lot of drugs. But you either you have a choice to to grow and learn from that or become a product of your environment which is uh, not easy. Either one, no matter what choice you choose from either one of those, it's not really easy. So I was fortunate because even when you try really hard in that kind of environment, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll make it out. So uh, I was fortunate enough with the help of friends, comics, and just plain old luck to get out. So That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Also, I'm laughing at you because you're saying you're semi-successful. Who, who was it that just like built a cast of your head for oh. sculptures. <laughs> what? It's a literal Darius yeah. toy out there now. What? Yeah, what? It, it is a special limited <laughs> run that we had done. It's made by uh, the wildly successful artists over in uh, Thailand, Oh Boy, C-T-T-S. They are both tattoo artists and uh, head sculptors, and they made a head sculpt a, of me. I was, play- I was playing one on camera it's before. It's amazing. But, but no one actually, thank you, but no one actually <laughs> noticed it because they didn't know, but... Uh, I'll uh, actually I'll show you guys on camera. It's a tiny head sculpt of me. Oh my gosh! 
amazing. Is, that is so accurate. Mm-hmm. It's a wow. little person. It's all good. Yeah. So well, it's a tiny That's cool. But uh, that's that just a... the, That should be the picture from this show. <laughs> that should. That's I'll send you guys a photo. Because that one's the prototype. And then the special limited 50 that I'm giving out to uh, personal friends and family will come out the first week of March. Cool. That's yeah. really awesome. Like, that's actually really amazing. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> that's an accomplishment. Thank yeah, you. that Thank is you. an accomplishment. I'll know I've made it when someone makes a doll out of me or an action figure out of me. It's okay. You can call me a doll. I'm pretty. <laughs> you are a doll. Thank also, you. shout out to being from Brooklyn. Also, Brooklyn, from Brooklyn. I mean, yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm also from Brooklyn, even though I live I'm in from Jersey. I just lived in Brooklyn for like, <laughs> for like it's okay. We call you a transplant because you didn't you didn't make it worse. You made it better. You actually you tried. Did. You made it really much better. <laughs> no, because I remember you actually would try. You'd be like, listen, I'm not here to uh, usurp the, whatever's here. I just want to live here. That's it. I just want to live here. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. I know you meant well Good. Brooklyn misses you and Brooklyn is stressful but Brooklyn misses you yeah so okay now that we've talked a bunch about the beautiful Brooklyn um, yeah. so um, so let's talk about Into the Spider-Verse uh, I'm well, so excited listen 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 I loved it everyone should see it twice <laughs> it, it was it was so amazing. If you don't go see it twice, you're a terrible person. I'm going to say it. <laughs> my God. My husband and I saw it on Christmas. Oh, my God. That's oh, so yeah. sweet. I'm taking yes. my little brother to see it. He's very excited. Can't call him my little brother because he's taller than I am. But he's okay. still, No, he's still little. He's forever little. He's still forever. Yeah, we're nine years apart. He's a sweet baby. Forever little. It, it, it's yeah. crazy, though, because uh, Spider-Verse for an animated movie... Uh, has a very long, incredible uh, theater run. When you look at animated movies, they normally don't stay in the theaters that long. No. Yeah, wasn't it they only supposed to be in for a week? No, it was supposed to run no. for a month, but it's yeah. it's getting it's an extended run all the way through February. So because, wow. yes, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome to hear because it's doing so well. Yeah, uh, I mean, Sony wanted it to do more, but for an animated movie, it's actually doing really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it won an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I absolutely forgot about that already. That's incredible. Uh, it was funny because I didn't like, think for, it like, for, like, for, for one. For me, when I was watching that, when I was watching it, I forgot half the time that it was animated. Like, I was I was so involved in the story that, like, my brain was, like, interpreting it as a live-action yes. movie. And I had right. to be like, oh, wait, no, it was animated. I, like, yeah, no, I absolutely felt that same way, too. I... Like the way I cried during, don't laugh at me. The way I cried during the last Avengers movies, I cried in this film because yeah, it. There's nothing wrong with crying. It's so good. Okay. It's funny you guys interpret it as a live action because to me it was literally a comic book. It was like watching yes. a comic. Yes, exactly. The one of the coolest parts of the movie for me was when he started getting his Spidey senses, mm-hmm. and. It, all of a sudden, like comic book blurbs were popping around him, like talk bu- speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that was such a cool concept. Yeah, and the way that you see his spider. I don't recall sense. seeing that before. Yeah, like, that's only in the more recent stuff with Miles. Working. Yeah, I'm enjoying. Yeah. It. So I actually don't know very much about Miles as a character at all, um, or Gwen Stacy really. 
So like, could you or whoever um, that knows more about the characters talk about their backstory a little bit and yeah. any of the other uh, spider people that we yeah, saw? Yeah, I can fill you in. Uh, who would you like to know about first? Miles. Um, yeah, let's start with Miles. Our main man. So Miles's uh, family, well, Miles in general started from the Ultimate Universe. Uh, and that was when Marvel was still running the Ultimate Universe imprint. And Miles has since then migrated to 616, which is the main Marvel Universe. But Miles is a biracial black boy from Brooklyn whose father is a police officer. And in the main continuity, his, fossil, his father is also a uh, former agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Until that uh, kind of gets wiped under when he comes to 616. But he was bitten by a secondary spider created by Norman Osborn in the original comics. And I gave him his powers. And then I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't read any of that. So I'm not. Because you should go read it. Trust me. You should really, 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 really go read that. Yeah, okay. now that you've put me on to comicsology, I'm going to. Yes, to please do. The entire Bendis run for Miles is absolutely stunning. <laughs> it falls apart a little bit towards the ending of the Ultimate Universe. But I promise you, if you stick through that and get to the 616 stuff, You'll really, really like it. Yes. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Because I wish I had stuck with it. Because years, years ago, I went to one of the conventions, and I got the chance to meet um, Brian Michael Bendis, and he told me and other people kind of about the characters. And it was one of those, I was at a convention, and all you hear is like a million comic recommendations, and by the time you leave, you've forgotten them all. And then that was one of the ones that I had unfortunately forgotten to pick up. And now that I'm seeing it again, I'm like, oh, wow. I remember that that was something I should have read. So I'm like going into reading this. I'm excited to read this, actually. Yeah, Miles being the ultimate Spider-Man is something that uh, he really lives up to the name. It's just he's different. He's not. And then his entire backstory, which, again, I don't want to spoil because it's more like a very, very cool coming of age. But also you have to live in the shadow of Peter Parker, the former Spider-Man. So imagine having to already live up to one of the greatest heroes <laughs> and then forge your name after him. So it's really dope to see how that comes to be. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And then... The... Oh, go ahead. Oh, wait, you keep going, actually. Oh, I was going to say, I, I thought you guys wanted to know about the, the alternate Gwen Stacy as well. Uh, yes. yes, we are, absolutely are you familiar do. With Yes. Yeah, I read a lot of Spider-Man stuff. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I have That's a whole... Awesome. Well, Danielle knows I have a whole Spider-Man tattoo running on my arm. So... <laughs> Nerdy tattoos. Yep. Care for it. So, uh, with Gwen Stacy, originally she started off as a uh, plot point for Into the Spider-Verse, which is written by Dan Slott and drawn by uh, Olivier Copio. So, um, the, the original artist, which is Jason... Le well, the original artist that created her was Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez, who did a one-shot for her. And she is from Earth-65. And in her universe, uh, her Peter Parker died. She couldn't save him. Right, yes. And uh, she's in a band. She loves music. And I kind of, they take a step towards that. And the art is very cool, very futuristic, very uh, tunish, but still really cool. The blend of colors make it all go very well. But the thing about uh, Gwen Stacy's book is that uh, it deals with it being like the captain's daughter, the, the small differences make a huge impact uh, in her book, which is really cool. So the, the little differences that you see between the books and how it's handled is what's really make it really cool. Awesome. 
Um, isn't Penny Parker also introduced in into the Spider Verse, or is that, am I wrong about yes, that? Yes, but they um, did yes, make major changes to her. Oh, have they? Okay, I know yeah. that she's a more recent character. Um, in terms of like length that characters have been around, um, she's only been around what like two, three years, right? Penny Parker? N- no, about four years now. Same time she was four introduced. Years. She was introduced the same year as uh, Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider. Was she? Yep. Because I she was only uh, she was only one issue later. Oh, I didn't even. I must have missed that because I did pick up the first Gwen Stacy issue, Spider Gwen, but I don't have. But that takes place after Into the Spider Verse, right? Yeah. So there's Gwen. There's uh Into the Spider Verse uh zero, which is Gwen Stacy's issue, and Into the Spider Verse three, which leads up to that. I believe it's uh Penny Parker with uh Spider. Okay, wow. Wow. Yeah, this there's so co- it's really complicated for someone who's just beginning in comics yeah. to like find where something starts basically cuz Gwen Spider-Gwen uh issue 1 is technically not where Spider-Gwen starts, no. right? Nope. Because it starts nope. in into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So if you want to read up on any of those characters you've actually we've been talked about, what you do is you actually just go read uh Spider-Verse and you should get the hardcover because the hardcover has all the issues in order, while the soft cover skips over some of, some of those issues. Oh. So, if, so if you get the hardcover book, you actually will be getting the entire collection in chronological order, the way you should read That's it. That's good to know, because I'm going to go buy that. Yeah, you should. It's a great book worth $75. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's half the price of that dress I was looking at. <laughs> but I'm sure we can hey. find a used version. Yes, you, you <laughs> You Dresses can. You can. should and can be expensive. <laughs> yes. Um, You're just also so a dressmaker. I am a dressmaker as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> question. Right. I Answer. okay. So I have a question. Okay. I I'm gonna admit that I am not fully versed in the whole Spider-Man universe or anything. Who is Spider-Man Noir? <laughs> I I was very when he came out and was like I like egg cream so I was like you like what and why, and why? <laughs> also egg creams have no eggs in them just so you know it, there are no eggs in egg creams well I mean I knew that oh. but I just thought it was funny the fact that you <laughs> had to bring that up <laughs> sorry it's okay but, I thought it was I thought it was funny what, uh, what does he say I like egg creams and punching Nazis is that what yeah. he said yes yeah. he is. said he said he likes f- like lighting a match and letting the flame like yes. almost that reach his so fingers funny. or something. Oh, what that kind was, of that was brooding. very ridiculous. Like, no, he said he like to feel just to feel something. Oh my god, yes, that was so funny. So he's very uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, that is, and you want to know a funny story? So I went to see that movie with a friend. And we had, we at the time did not know Nicolas Cage was in this movie, <laughs> and she knew that I was having a bad day, so she wore a shirt with Nicolas Cage, Cage all over it. <laughs> Her shirt had Nicolas Cage all over, it, and we're watching this movie, and we get to the end credits, we're like it's Nicolas Cage, and she's like, "This is the perfect shirt to be wearing right now." Someone oh my visited God. my Dragon Con booth with a shirt like that on, and I asked them to never come back again. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, it is scary. It is scary. To be fair, it was like a white man. It wasn't like, oh, it was okay. like a cis white man who had no interest in like looking at or buying a dress. So it was, it was Oh no, then that's scary. actually justified. Men ain't shit. Like like not to 
like there, like there are plenty of of men and like trans women who own my dresses, but th- this specific person was he wasn't even looking at my dresses. He was just existing near my booth, and I was like, please just go somewhere else. Did he have like? A, did he have like? I just can't. Yeah. Was he trying oh, to? No, but he his... had no, but he also had a Nick Cage face mask on. Oh, oh no, that's creepy. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, is... it, that was the the tipping point for me. <laughs> All right, I don't blame you. Yeah, I would say get out of here, bro. <laughs> I was like, this is very funny, but I really can't look at it ever again. <laughs> I mean, Wait. the Nicolas Cage thing. Uh, Spider Man Noir is a, uh, and also a Spider Verse character, but he was introduced actually way before when Marvel did a line on uh different takes of versions of Spider Man way before Spider Verse, and Noir was a. Uh, Basically, Peter Parker, who was uh, in the time of, I think it was 1930s, and uh, he was bitten by a spider, and it's kind of just uh, taking a different viewpoint of what if Spider-Man was in the 30s. And it was a six-issue limited series, and now those books are worth like crazy money now, because noir is crazy popular now, uh, especially because of Nick Cage. So it's all his fault. <laughs> yep. Let's blame Nicolas Cage for everything. Not everything. Just to... Spider-Man noir, maybe which I'm not, okay yeah, with. Yeah, maybe not everything. And stealing the Declaration of Independence. That was a great movie and probably the best movie he's ever done. Yeah, that's true. I, I, look, no matter what you say about his career, listen, no matter what you say about his career, Nicolas Cage did an amazing job on National Treasure. I agree. He is a national treasure. <laughs> yes. Look, I'm just glad he wasn't Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I watched and that the, documentary and, and lost my mind. Did you, how'd you feel about the ending credit? With Spidey 2099. Uh, I didn't know. Okay. So let me tell you about that meme. I love that meme. And the fact that they went as far to use that for 2099. First of all, we all, I don't know. I read a lot of Spider-Man comics. Miguel O'Hara is one to just, he hates jokes. So I know how serious he was doing that, telling him not to point at him. And that's what made it so much more funny. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I, it was like half a minute of. Of Sp- Spider Man twenty, which twenty ninety nine is that the year? Uh, Two thousand ninety nine, yeah. Um, yeah, um, and I already want to read comics about him, but also he was voiced by Oscar Isaac, which I enjoyed too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, he made a cameo as uh twenty ninety nine, which is really dope. They already confirmed he's coming back for two as well. So, uh, did you guys nice. catch the Easter egg about uh, the universe that he said started it all in? Uh, yeah. u- universe, uh, well, it was it was universe uh sixty two, which is when uh, the comic strip started, a-, oh. a year after Amazing Fantasy fifteen. That's all. That's yeah. It was based off the comic strip. There universe. are a lot of Easter eggs in the movie. So, so yeah, many. like <laughs> that's why you have to watch it twice. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because the first time you won't it. notice anything. I'm really glad I'm taking my brother to see it after I've already seen it because last time I took him to see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and he spoiled the ending for me and I was so mad. like he already knew he, the ending not your brother he, yeah <laughs> I'm like I would disown <laughs> you right now like none of us I'm like you know when they say from the womb to the tomb I'll put you in tomb right now for doing this to me. <laughs> don't <laughs> I mean, he deserved it. When he told me that Gwen Stacy died in the theater as I was watching it, I was just like, fucking hate you. I hate you, you so much. You should have Donkey Kong. I should have. 
He was smaller than me then. You know what Whatever you that group. When you, when you go to see Spider-Man, just tell him everything right before it happened. I should. I, I, would, I love him. It is. I, it's, I should. It would be the best revenge. <laughs> that would be the best revenge if I were to do that. Because I was really angry. I was so angry. And then we took him out for ice cream after. And my ex-boyfriend was like, you don't know how to enjoy yourself. And I'm like, he spoiled the movie. <laughs> the way you said <laughs> The movie. Movie. I put out the womb to the tomb. I'll put you in a tomb. <laughs> I was so mad. But wouldn't the womb well, be the hopefully tomb? this time it's a better experience. <laughs> yes. Um. So I can't answer this because I was not born and raised in Brooklyn. Okay. Um. Uh. I mean, I, as someone who lived in Brooklyn for over a decade, I found a lot of the movie very heartwarming. So, like, what were some of the most heartwarming moments to you guys, my Brooklyn babies? And, like, oh my God. and uh, Darius and Arkita, what do you wish that you'd seen more from the movie in, like, what it was like as a person of color growing up in Brooklyn? I mean, Jenny, you're also a person of color, but I know the yeah, I get experience it. <laughs> a little different. Uh, <laughs> well... Okay, like, so it was I did just a straight up love letter to New York City. It it really was honestly one of my favorite scenes, and it was the scene that made me realize, oh my god, we're such New Yorkers. What the hell are we doing? Was when he got dragged by the train holding Peter Parker and is dropped in the middle of the street, and everyone just yes, walked over yes. him. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Okay, that is what and made I'm... me miss New York the most since moving here. When the he he dropped to the ground and everyone's walking around him and in my head I was like this isn't really a New York movie unless that jogger jogs straight over him and he fucking did (laughs) (laughs) that you know it just it just goes to show how little like in in New York you'll be like what seen it all seen it all whatever it was a guy laying on the street dressed in a spider outfit Seen it all. Just keep going. I mean, for the, I just... for the record, most New Yorkers leave it alone because you realize the sooner as you become a part of it, it's like, nope, nope, nope. I can run the possibility of dying. I'm yes. That too. That too. Like, you don't know what's happening. Like, there's so many times where I'm like outside and someone will be like, hey, I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, I'm not doing this. I know how this ends. That's how every supervillain movie starts. Like, like if you if you've ever watched the movie, even like Mission Impossible, right? You a guy just randomly runs up on you and you're like, okay, I'll go do that. It's like, nope. See, that's how bad things happen. If you yeah. never would have went with this person, you never would have died. But uh, yeah, yeah. But for me, so I is think, that your yeah? My, oh, was that your I, favorite as well? No, my favorite thing was, and a lot of people don't notice, is that uh, Miles' neighborhood, although they switched around some parts, uh, they used parts of Fort Greene where I grew up. And I, I can tell saw that. that. And that's where I'm from, and I can immediately tell my neighborhood. And I know a lot of people from my neighborhood noticed that. So we were all excited. It's like, oh, they did research. <laughs> woo! Fort Greene, woo! <laughs> that's so, really cool. I so, love Fort Greene. Yeah, so we were losing our minds about that because it was really cool to be featured in the movie and then for them to really even uh, do the real research on it. Because, like, they had Clinton, they used North Portland. And then they used uh, parts of Fort Greene Park, and they would come across Fort Greene Park to come around the park slope. I know every street that they use as an example. That's how much I know and love Brooklyn. 
That's so, cool. That's amazing. It was really Jenny, cool. Jenny, what was your fave? Um, specifically about, uh... Just, like, what did you find the most heartwarming about, like, the, like, how it was so clearly, like, so well-researched about Brooklyn and just, like... An ode to so Brooklyn. So in love to, like, New York City. <laughs> like, yeah. More than most... I think more than any Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Spider-Man movies are notoriously like We Heart NYC, but but this one this one was more Brooklyn because I feel like they always, even with Tom Holland, even though he's from Queens and lives in Queens, you don't get that. Oh my god, this is Queens feeling. Well, part of that is that as an animated movie, they can just animate Brooklyn as opposed to them filming in New York. But um, I also really liked the same moment that Arkita talked about because it was just so funny and so New York. Um, <laughs> and you know what, what What made me laugh about that scene was like, I wonder if people not from New York City watch this and think we're assholes. Yeah. Like, do you um, think we're well, awful I will people? say, see, seeing it in a movie theater in Texas, um, Ben and I left the, definitely the loudest at that part. <laughs> Like, like other people like kind of like made like a chuckling face, but we laughed out loud and we're like, oh, whoops, well, whatever. Well, I'll, I'll tell you as a person who watched it with a bunch of people who weren't from New York, no one got that joke other than New Yorkers. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, no one else, no one else got that joke. Like, if I watched it with a dude, even it even doesn't translate well to people even in other countries. Because uh, my Japanese friend was confused, like, why didn't they help Spider Man? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you, you really don't get it. It's like, you really don't get it, dog. <laughs> Why uh, didn't they help? I'm not helping. I'm not getting involved. And I was like, I was like, next time you come to New York, I'm going to show you New York during rush hour. And then he was like, <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? It's like, you, once I teach you this, you'll really understand why. You clearly understand why. Yeah, um, it's, it's not... It's not about being rude, anyone who listens who's not a New Yorker. It's, we have shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly we want to mind our fucking business because if you... We first have shit all, to do. Miles has shit to do. Like, I don't know what his shit is. Like, we have to... <laughs> have you ever made someone miss the train and then and then wonder why you're late? Like, dude, all it took was Spider-Man to stop one train and then all of New York would have shut down. <laughs> so, Ooh, I'm not hearing it with yeah, you. That was, that was me trying to get home today. Whew. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> Every stop, we stopped twice between the stop to get to a stop. And I was just like, oh my God, this is how I, this is where I die. I'm about to start screaming. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm sure there's someone down there like doing some graffiti or some shit. Like, what's going on? I'm okay with that though. Just not when I'm trying to go home. Yeah. It's like the Elaine moment from Seinfeld where she's just screaming in her head stuck on the train. (laughs) Like and everyone's around her. Like, yes, but she has like a okay face on. Yep. Oh, speaking of graffiti, that one was also one of my favorite parts because growing up in Brooklyn, I grew up in Flatbush, not quite the same as Fort Greene, but I grew up with a love and appreciation for tagging and mural art and all that stuff. Like I love graffiti. If I can find it wherever I can, I follow several like graffiti artists on Instagram because I love their work and it's well, just like a way of reminding you that this is kind of this is the home that you're used to and what you the things you love about the culture of Brooklyn. So are you on the queue line? 
Nope. I'm on the two. Five. Oh, so the two don't to be, five. Don't, don't be more specific. We don't want stalkers. It's a long, <laughs> it's a long line, though. Yeah, it's a long more line. specific. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because the, the, the Akita two... is beautiful. <laughs> precious precious angel. We don't need her stalked. Well, she won't be stalked. I'll, I'll kill anyone who comes too close. Oh, thank you. The two to five. Well, it's true. I will. The two to five, the Q and the R, are notoriously, like, graffitied from the yeah. 80s and 90s. And that's oh why I God, asked you, I because I'm just it. like, as a person, even in Fort Greene, like, they tagged the monument so many times. At one point, they just said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not even going to clean it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I already know. Like, especially because uh, the Q and the R line have the lot where all the, the train yards go into. This is back before the Barclay Center was made. It was just Atlantic Center. Yeah. Oh, it was Graffiti Central. Oh my God, I used to love that. We used to sneak I... in there. Really? See, before the Barclay Center was made, there was a train yard. And to get down to the train yard, you had to go through the hole in the gate and go down the sewer tunnel. And we would go through that all the time and tag up the train yard when we were kids because we were kids and we were dummies. But we did that we a did lot. the exact opposite of me as a kid. I was at the arcade playing DDR. Well, no, we went to Chinatown Arcade, but after that, we would oh. go tag things up. What? I wanted to go back to um, the character of Miles Morales okay. and, like, kind of ask what you, what, like, the cultural significance of Miles is for you. Anyone who wants to answer? It's everything. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, it's everything. Like, you got to understand, it's it's one thing to be a cool black character, but he has a huge significance because not only does he carry the title of Spider-Man, he's a character who holds weight within his stories. He is popular. He's also very well hated by white people. So that makes him even more popular in my eyes because I, I <laughs> no, because I don't want to yes. see him fail. You know how many white people yeah. hate Miles Morales just because he's better than Spider-Man in a lot of ways. And no, and then what a lot of white people don't understand is that Peter Parker was written as if he were a black character because at the time he couldn't be a black character. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. So you're going to tell me this poor kid from Queens who can't get anything right and only takes loss doesn't relate to what was going on in the civil rights movement at the time when he was created? Get the fuck out of here if you don't believe that. But for Miles, who gives you this me update. Clapping. I don't know if that. No, I heard it. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. I'm clapping for you. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you go and get Miles, who has both his parents. Uh, both are successful in the career that they're doing. And he still finds a way to bring an updated, relatable struggle of what's going on, where there's racism, dealing with powers, living in a legacy shadow, and still be interesting. It means a lot. So, of course, a lot of people are going to hate and are going to push back at it, just like you see that bullshit YouTube called Diversity in Comics, which aims to promote diversity, but in reality, they're just throwing a lot of sub-bullshit articles at people. Miles Morales is, is the best Spider-Man that we have right now, and even more so to say, Miles Morales is one of the best and most intriguing characters we have right now. I absolutely agree with you. One because, well, I I agree with you on so many, so many points about Miles Morales. Um, even not knowing that much about his character, but watching the movie and one falling in love with him, um, him getting into like a very specialized prep school like that was me as a child. Like growing up, I I did go to a specialized high school, but for like my SAT prep and all that, I ended up going to like some really fancy private school in Brooklyn. And it's like, you feel out of place. You don't feel like you're, you belong. And then you're also made to feel 
like you don't belong there, which it's kind of a crappy feeling growing up black girl from Brooklyn. I'm not from like the night. I'm not from a nice neighborhood at the end of the day. Like nobody wants to live in Flatbush. Everyone wants to live in Flatbush now because L train was about to shut down, but nobody (laughs) wanted to live there. And me having, having experience having experienced what it's like going to school that is predominantly white, um, not really meant for me and who I am as a person and caters to like my needs. It's, it's very jarring. Like no matter how smart you are, it, it's uncomfortable and it makes your learning experience that much harder. And I kind of felt what miles on that. Also, um, miles being Afro Latino or yes, he's Afro Latino. His father is black and his mother is Puerto Rican very much resonates with me and my family, because even though my family, yes, we are, we're black and we're Jamaican. Um, a lot of my cousins are mixed and they are either Jamaican and Puerto Rican or Jamaican and Dominican. And Miles is black and Puerto Rican, which, which, I mean, it's not, it's not that it doesn't exist in the world, but it's very unexisting in, in fiction and even in reality TV, because when you see somebody that is of Latino descent, you only see the fair-skinned Latino or the lighter-skinned Latino. You never see the one that's darker skin. And I always say this, like, to all my friends when they're like, oh, your family's Hispanic? Why are they so dark? And I was like, look, this is just another stop on the slave (laughs) boat. Like, it really, it's like, do you see the transatlantic slave trade? Where do you think all of the dark people come from? Like, we all come from the same place. Like, but Yeah, we just picked up a language along the way, that's all. Yeah, we just picked up a new language along the way. But yeah, I I love I love Miles for that reason. And I think I loved him more for the reason of him going to a specialized high school because that was something that really resonated with me in high school and how out of place and uncomfortable I felt in the school that I was doing my prep at because I was not meant to be there no matter how smart I was. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. You should definitely read the comics then because they yes. that is touched upon within the first 12 issues. Oh, perfect. Yes. So, And that's, that's an ongoing that's, thing of what, one of his struggles, maintaining his yeah. grades and being Spider-Man. Yeah. So you should definitely touch upon that. But but Miles is, you know, Miles is something that we've had, like, we don't really get. It's not a black exploitation character. It's not a character created from the civil rights movement that we supposed to are supposed to like. He is current with the times. He is, he is multicultural. He is smart. He is uh, unforgiving. He knows exactly who he is. There's no identity crisis with him. And that's that means a lot to a lot of people helping them figure things out themselves. Yes. So, that it, really, that, that, what you just said, him yeah. not knowing who he is, because I didn't know who I was when I was in that place. Yeah. Like, it was hard. And it, it only makes it was. harder for you. So I, I can only imagine. So it it's only right to give props where props are needed. And Miles is the ultimate Spider-Man, no matter who wants to say otherwise? Yeah. Nice. Miles. Jenny, did it have significance for you as well? As a person of color? Um, I would never really compare myself to the character of Miles, but I really liked that they were finally taking the Spider-Man story beyond P- Peter mm-hmm. Parker. Um, and 
it was just it was just nice to see his story and see um my friends and how much yeah. they related to that story. Oh my god, my Facebook you know? is blowing up with like uh, if it could just be one reactor, just be like a heart react, like just a giant heart react <laughs> about Miles Morales and yes. the representation from that movie. Yeah, that movie was amazing. All my friends, so happy. Exactly. That movie made me so happy. Like, oof. I I walked out, like I was I went to see it with my friend, and I like as soon as I got out of the theater, I bought the album. I was like, it was not even a question. I was like, I'm buying it. Done. Yeah, can you I talk love about that more? Too. Because you've talked about that album a lot to me <laughs> and like it's on like... your social media. And no, it's a good thing. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. about it. I want to hear more about it. I, I don't even know what I would say. I do listen to the album very frequently. I think I listen to it like, yeah, I would say about every day. Or I'd play a song from it every day just because I really enjoy it. Um, So there's a lot of artists on there that I had never heard before, which I really liked because... I like to find new music because I don't very often get to. Uh, I wish I could think of their names off the top of my head now. But I would say that there's a lot of cultural significance in this because a lot of the artists featured on this album were Black or Latino or Latina. um, And the music was all a bop. I'm I'm really wishing I could say more, but there was a lot of really great songs on this album and a lot of it spoke to me, not necessarily in like a cultural way, but like in an uplifting way. Like it wasn't all scary and it was, geez, how am I? I don't know. I feel like I talk about this album so much, but now that I'm like on the spot. It speaks to you on a spiritual level. Yes, it it spoke to me on a spiritual (laughs) level. And I think one of my favorite songs on the album was Invincible, where it's like, yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You feel it all in here. You feel it, and it's like, you want your friends, like, you want you to, you want to succeed, you want your friends to succeed, and that's how I feel, because so many of my friends, like, you guys have, like, all your nerdy businesses and all this, and I'm like, I want all my nerdy friends to succeed! (laughs) Everyone! It's true, it's true. It's true, we do. Yeah, I... the all of like the positive reviews that I have seen about the album have basically been that this is what Miles would listen to if he yeah. were like an actual human, like growing up yes. in Brooklyn. <laughs> no, absolutely, which is awesome. That's why, like, that's why they featured so many like lesser known artists. And there's only one song that I wish that was on the album that wasn't, but I know why they couldn't, and I'm okay with it. But when they played the Biggie's song during the movie. I lost my mind uh, yeah. because yeah, oh, it's not on the album. It is no. not uh, for obvious, uh, you know, reasons. Licensing reasons, but et cetera, uh, et cetera. it was it that song. Miles being from Brooklyn, Miles playing yes. that song while being in Brooklyn, tagging. <laughs> it it, it yeah. meant it was perfectly well placed and perfectly timed. And I think it that was the the only other song I could say that I think should have been on the album. And then uh, outside of every other song on the album, I even like Sunflower, but I can't stand Post Malone, so. Yo, me too. I was so upset when I found that that's who it was. I was like, I don't want to listen to him. And I was like, this song, I can get with this song. And but I'm you see, like, I even realized what, what it was about the song that I really, really liked. It was everything that he was not on or a part of. Because I even like the other person who was on the track, 
And, but then I, when I listen to him, I'm like, well, I, I could skip past your part. So <laughs> I really don't like Post Malone. I just don't. Post Malone is human trash. Another song on the album that I loved was Start a Riot. That song gets me pumped in the morning mm-hmm. because it'll be like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. And then like my my at-home artificial intelligence will be like, I'll just be like, play Start a Riot. You know, my I don't want to say it because then she's going to wake up know, and like ask for something. The fact that you have to do that means you have a Terminator at home and you should probably quit. <laughs> But I'll be like, play starter right while I'm still in bed, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to start my day. You live in Terminator, of course you can start your day. (laughs) Terminator gonna start a riot. (laughs) (laughs) But starter riot, which is by Duckworth, which is just Duckworth the homie though. Yes, Kendrick Lamar by another alias. Which Mm -hmm. I I love Kendrick, and he also did help produce the Black Panther album, which. I do listen to free. I think the three albums that I listen to the most now are Black Al- Black Panther, Spider Man, and Hamilton. Those are the three albums that I always I need, listen to. I need to listen to the Hamilton album. But I think get on that. I think another person who I listen to a lot uh, uh, is Anderson Pack, and he was supposed to be featured on, on the Spider Man album, and it just didn't work out. Mm. Which I'm okay with. But you should listen to Anderson Pack. Really good guy. All right. I just listen that. to Moana on replay. I was so upset. I went to watch Moana last night, and Netflix removed it. No, you, you took too long. I but I watched that movie like every other week, and I guess I might have skipped one. And then I went to because I was like all excited because I went to the Disney store yesterday and bought all that stuff, and I was like Disney Moana, and it was from there. So I watched Hercules or whatever. But yeah, no, the album was great. I really enjoyed it. I, I really like Scared of the Dark um, and What's Up Danger. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. What's Up Danger is like, it has the, um, what's his face? I forgot his name. Uh, his uncle. Yes. Uh, oh, Uncle Aaron. Why do we? Yeah. No, no. Uh, no, no. no. Uh, the artist. Um, Damn, why can't oh, I remember his oh, name? Oh. Black Caviar. Yeah, Black Caviar. You're right. Yes. Black Caviar. That's who it is. Yes, um, uh, I meant uh, Miles' uncle. What's his... Oh, Uncle uh, Aaron. The Prowler. That's what I yeah. said. Prowler. She did say yeah. oh. I was thinking, I was she was thinking, thinking of the code names. She was thinking code names. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it has part... I think it has part of the Prowler's like, theme song in it. Where You know how yes. it has those elephant trumpet mm-hmm. noises or whatever it is? It's so It good. sounds so cool. But terrifying at the same time. The problem I think was that's legit what makes terrifying. it so yes. terrifying. I think that's what makes that song that makes that song so cool is because it has that in there, and it's like yeah, oh, exactly. you know, it's like you feel the danger coming when you listen to that song. You feel like danger is on its It's like I should be running right now. Yes. I should yeah. listen to that when I run. If I ever run. <laughs> oh man, if I run, I'm out. <laughs> don't need music. Don't need AirPods. I'm out. No. Now I wanted to say this thing. I say this as a black woman um, that Miles Morales is finally a character that I can really relate to. That one not only looks like me, but also has had similar growing up, um, a similar upbringing to me. But I think him now being a relatable character for POC, for people of color, and um, 
for all people of color, for all children of color specifically, whether they're black or Latino, um, because I feel like for so long, all the characters that we've kind of had to relate to were non-POC white characters, just like we have to be able to relate to Peter Parker. And uh, I feel like what, what makes me so glad about this now is that even if you're not black or Latino, you can still empathize with these characters without having to look like them. And I think that's one of the, the biggest things that Isla would like more white people to understand is it's okay to empathize with someone who doesn't look like you. And, it, you know, it really bothers me when I see people that say, how can I, how can I relate to a character because they're black or because they're Hispanic? And I'm like, well, I'm not 27 years old and the majority of superhero films that I've watched are all white characters. Like, to this day, I've had very limited characters I can relate to. My characters include, like, Storm and Chitara, which I know she's an animal, but in my mind, Chitara is black. But it's like, I think that's what's so nice is that you get these characters that you can relate with despite their ethnicities. What do you think about that? Like, do you feel I, the same way? I think it is extremely hypocritical when any white person says they cannot relate to Miles Morales or just any character of color in any movie, frankly, like you, for the reasons you just said, like we have asked black people and people of color to, to empathize with white characters for how long now? Like to the point where we, like we have changed characters that are written as black to be played by white actors and actresses like we, like blackface like used to be an actual thing like i mean some people still fucking I mean, do it, it which still is, is a thing uh, but like so to say that like okay well we, like we will force like we will force other people to i say other people i'm sorry because i'm a white person like white people force other people to have to empathize with us and see themselves in us in i mean i will say mainly cis male roles but also a lot of times like you know like white feminist roles um yet we can't see ourselves as a black character what is wrong with you (laughs) like like if you cannot see that that is racist i don't I don't know how to ex- explain any uh, how anything is racist. <laughs> like... Well, that's the thing. You pretty much summed it up. What happens is that they don't want to understand a role while being able to play any role. That's what it is. It, and it's funny you mentioned uh, white women as well because for me being... Yeah, white a, feminism is a huge fucking thing. Exactly. Because me being a, a black man, a lot of people don't understand why I would always be so scared of white women. Like, until this day, I'm still scared of them. Because you have to understand, I can walk down the street and people will take her word value over evidence or truth if she said anything about me. It would just be that. And you have to understand, like, you're playing a sort of role here. Like you said, if if a white woman came to me and said, this man attacked me, this man touched me, this man did whatever, that's it. I'm put away for life. Like, yeah, and on, the, and on the flip side, no one believes black women ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it goes back white to what you're saying. White yeah. women are believe I, I like uh, like 
there is a beautiful, wonderful movement going on with Me Too to start believing victims and everything more. And, mm-hmm. you know, because, yes, like, cis white men are believed above all. Yep. But white women are believed over black men. And black women. And then it's, it's everyone I don't like, is believed over black women. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't like appalling. that people. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that people put black women at the bottom of the barrel, and even including black men. And this is the problem that I have is that other yes, black know, men. You, you've been very. I'm sorry to talk over you a little bit. You, you've been very outspoken on. I just want to say that you've been very outspoken on your social media about protecting black women, and it's something that I absolutely adore you for. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, like that, and I call out other black men as well because it pisses me off when. It's one thing to not understand when you're making a problematic statement. It's even worse when when your masculinity is so fragile, when you get called out for it by another guy. Like, if I'm going to call you out for it, I'm not being hostile. I'm not being negative about it. I want to let you know that what you're saying is wrong, and you got to either find a way to, another way to word it or go about it differently. Because I refuse to let people stomp over black women, especially because black women are the ones who get shit done. Not black men, not white women. Black women are the ones who always get shit done. We're talking about historically speaking. So it pisses me to fuck off. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be a feminist movement at all without black women. Shit, we wouldn't yeah. even have people in space without black women. So I don't even want to hear that shit. True that. True that. Because... I will say that it's good that... I'm so sorry. Um, but... That you call your friends out because... Sometimes, like, if I see someone doing, saying something stupid or, like, very wildly racist or sexist, I'm just like, you know, goodbye, I don't need you in my life. But the fact that you're calling them out, it kind of shows that you care and you want better for them because, yeah, because there's so many times where I'm, like, I've reached the ends with, like, I have people, like, on my Facebook that I had met, like, on vacation, I think they're all cool, but when they start saying, like, super racist thing, I'm like, you know... For the 10 minutes I knew you, I thought you were cool, and I don't care that much to, like, try to educate you. Like, it's not, it's not worth it. That shouldn't be your job. Also, like, you know how strongly I feel about that, like, if you are the affected party, you should not have to be the one doing the emotional labor of trying to explain to someone why they are being racist or sexist. Like, A, Google exists for a fucking reason. B, yes. like, like, white people in general need to do better about talking to their friends and people who aren't, they aren't friends with about yes. important issues so that doesn't just fall onto people of color to be doing. And, like, and like Darius talking to his other black male friends is the same type of scenario. Like, he is a black man talking to other black men about how they need to treat black women because they will listen to him more likely. Yep. And like it, sadly, like sad, it's just like that's just how it is. Sadly, like men listen to men, women listen to women, a lot of the time, not always, but yeah. And and it's just like if you are the one being the most affected, you should not be the one having to do that work. Well, yeah. that that's that's a that's a solution that we're trying to aim towards because the other issue is uh sometimes you have a really fucked up category which I call the Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> And the Uncle Ruckus, if you've ever watched Boondocks, yeah. is a situation where you have a black person who tends to side with a really uh, opposite effect of what you want. And this the, is a person who... The black who, Trump voter. Yeah. And it's like, there's no reasoning with this person. And it's like, and it's like we talked about, it's like, sometimes you want to just immediately delete these people. And that would be great. But the problem is, now mm-hmm. they're passing on that craziness to other people. 
So what you need to at least do first is address it, uh, try to contain it. And when I mean contain, I mean that very sensitively. When I don't mean like, oh, try to hide what they're saying. Like, no, you try to contain the damage they're going to pull and by pulling in other people and other parties. Because what a lot of uh, Uncle Ruckuses do is that they uh, they tend to try to drag in non-source sources by bringing in other black Trump friends, uh, other uh, self-hating black people. And immediately I go, here are some facts. If you don't like it, that's fine. But we're either going to continue this on a, on a factual level and how people emotionally have been uh, spent and dried and consumed by you and other white people, guess what? Now we can end this conversation. Because I refuse to, because what's going to happen is people like that and, and other white men and white women too as well, what they do is they don't try to find an answer with you or reason with you. They try to upset you because in upsetting you, they've won. That's all they want because they're already privileged enough to get what they want out of it. They're going to rile you up and then they're just going to use useless uh, Fox and Friends facts, which aren't facts. They're just opinions that have yeah. been stated on the internet. So you have to be careful about how people are talking to you with these gaslighting tactics. So you need to be careful. So it's okay to delete these people, but if you're going to engage them, you have to be prepared to also let yourself know emotionally you can't be too spent on them. You're absolutely right. That is a lot of energy, and you need to prepare yourself when entering like situations and conversations like that. So, I don't know. I, I've gotten to a point where I just avoid it. And what I love so much about all my friends who are white is that they all come to my rescue. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have to do this. Like you, Danielle, and my sorority that you, yes. you can't call yourself like a feminist. You can't call yourself an, an ally. If you are or not, an, go, or an, yeah, or an, or an, ally. an I mean, ally. I don't actually even call myself an ally because I think yeah. that's like yeah. such a fucking cookie word for me to use for myself um your friend of the movement just just though, this though i appreciate though i appreciate you calling me an ally so i will accept that yeah. uh but it's just like you can't call yourself those things if you are not willing to be vocal in and put yourself in this situation uh, yeah to, exactly and, yeah. and to like actively try to change minds right mm. if it's all performance then it's not worth it and that's the one thing people don't understand when it comes to being a person of color you have to sit down and argue with it and deal with it all day, every day. So we're fucking hey, spent. Like, we don't want to are, deal with that all the time. You are no one's encyclopedia. I had to tell somebody, I had to explain to someone that Egypt was in Africa. <laughs> oh my God. You, oh my God. you still have to do that too, right? <laughs> when they it was go, it was a topic of cultural appropriations. And to this day, I will not, I will not ever be a supporter of white people dreads. No. Yeah. And no. What like wh- no. And homegirl said those? exactly. They look like Grinch fingers. Okay. That's true. Anyway, homegirl said to me, "It's okay if white people have dreads because they originated in Egypt and, Egypt and India and in Africa, you fucking fuck And I <laughs> And I was just like, "Where is Egypt again? Where is Egypt again? Please tell me." Please. I want is that, to was that your whole response? On a map. Please tell me that was your whole response. Just where yes. is Egypt? Where, where is, is Egypt? Egypt? Where is Egypt? But even if you didn't say Egypt and you said India, you do realize India is full of brown people, right? <laughs> that too. That too. She also said that, and I was like, had you said Norway, I would have been like, first of all, it's a braid. 
Look, like dreads it's are really... not ours. We don't get to have everything. Deal with it, white people. Oh well. Exactly. Like you don't. First, first of all, Norway definitely had had it locked down on on beard braids. They were the first to do that. I'm gonna give them credit. Yes, I will give them that. They had some dope braiding techniques. <laughs> I will give them that. Do you yep. ever see what's her name? What's her name? Dang, what's her name again? I don't know. What, why? No, from Game of Thrones. Oh, 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 the Khaleesi? Yes, her braids. I'm like, you've got some Norwegian shit going on there. I like it. <laughs> but gonna... but no, like you can't compare the two cultures. Yes, they have similar-esque hairstyles, but like they both have cultural significance. And there's a reason why you shouldn't do certain things. It's what's hard is that they don't feel that they're doing something wrong and when you try to call them out for doing something wrong, they are more offended that you're calling them out than they are offended oh, that they did something but wrong. But this is what I've but this is what I've learned. When you yeah. grow up and you're taught nothing is out of your reach, being told something is out of your reach is what offends them. That's why they go so hard on things they're not supposed to do. That's why personally I just think that like just the privilege and the audacity which I call the caucasity, like all other. Yes, do. the caucasity. That's amazing. I love that, that word. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that blessing. Thank no you. problem. <laughs> but the caucasity of some people is like it's like telling them, "Hey, man, you shouldn't do that. This not only could offend people, but it's really wrong." What? What do you mean I can't do it? My dad's been doing it for thirty years, and then there and they, as they say it, they don't even realize that's the fucking problem. Your dad shouldn't have been doing it for thirty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then they don't even also, bother reflecting on it. They just go, "Well, Dad did it, so I guess it's okay for me to do it." It's like, no, I, Jimmy, no. Jimmy, I, I just want to say, like, if you are a white person listening to this episode, which I would imagine a lot of our followers are, um, don't feel bad. Yeah, like if if you are feeling personally attacked, ask yourself why. Because like, yes. just because just because like like we are saying because I'm a white person like you know what I mean like just because we like we are discussing the, how problematic white people can be like that also doesn't mean doesn't it doesn't mean, apply to you like that means if you're doing the right thing you shouldn't feel bad exactly right. it like yes like it goes back to the conversation on relating to Miles despite like regardless of the color of his skin like. You should because... be able to see him and be like, wow, he is fucking brave. Like, I brave. want to see that in myself. So He's brave. He's funny. He's sweet. So he's, he's awkward with also, girls. I'm just, also, I'm just going to throw this in there real fast. All white people are racist. That is something I truly <laughs> believe. We are. We, it is fucking ingrained in us. And if you cannot admit that, that is problematic. The first step to being anti-racist is admitting all white people are racist. I said it. I said it. I'm saying yeah, it. That's what I said. But <laughs> here's the thing that people need to acknowledge, right? Even with the Miles thing, we go back to the Miles thing. People are going to be upset because Miles is this black character, forgetting that Miles was created by a white guy who has an adopted yes. black daughter. Yes, that's what got that me the, when I met him. Is that's that what was he the, said, and I was like, and, oh my god. And that was the reason why he created Miles because he has a black daughter, and he wanted to understand it because the second he became the parent to a black child, he understood why white people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yes. Feel for his that, child? Like, yes. 
He understands racism because now he has to he, see it and deal with it. Yes, he does. And the the scene where Peter and Miles are talking and they're talking about his spidey senses and Miles says, I always feel that way. That's what it that's, feels like that, to be yes. black or Latino or African. Like, that's what it feels like to be constantly on edge and worried that one wrong turn, anything you do, you look at someone, like, somebody's like, out to get you. And that is. Imagine what feeling it's that like. way and your father's still a police officer. Yes, that too. Exactly. I am going to be honest about this. Both my uncles are Marines, they're also cops. Like, I grew up knowing all these things and to this day I still am very not trusting of the police and I know them I love them they are they are good to their core but I feel like there's so much wrong with like our justice and law enforcement that the major like I trust them I trust nobody else and And, and that probably doesn't even run that far because they still wear the uniform right yeah no not anymore okay Cause I actually Not had that problem even in my family where it's like, yeah, I got, I have friends and family who are police officers, but there's only but so much I could go, mm, you still with you. Yeah. Uniform. I I'm wouldn't sure. tell them everything I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. They don't need to know, but, yeah, you're um, you're an angel. I am. Yes. But yeah, it's sad that I live in a country where one, my set, my spidey sense is always tingling as a black woman. Even though I live in Brooklyn, I'm living in a Brooklyn that is rapidly being gentrified and changed from what I knew, what I was comfortable with, and now going like coming into my neighborhood, which I have lived in my entire life. I only live across the street from where I grew up. It's so different that I'm starting to feel uncomfortable and out of place and like I don't belong when I'm the one that grew up here and contributed to the culture here and I have to work here and this is this is where I've built my life and want to build my life and now it's where I'm feeling like an outcast because I am a black child of an immigrant not child anymore but a black woman child of immigrants I'm sorry that you're experiencing that well I had I got priced out of Brooklyn so I already know how you felt yeah I Got lucky. Yeah. Real lucky. I, I know it's pure luck because I, I was definitely priced out of Brooklyn after dealing with a slumlord who cut off the water and the power. And I won a court. Yes. Wow. So I ended up just having. Oh, my I just, God. I just, I just said screw it and, buy, and bought a house with the money I won in uh, my That's case. Good. But the fact that, you know, people want you. you can't. They try to get you out by literally uh, cutting power to the building, being terrible landlords. That's... It's, and there's no laws to prohibit this. And that's a whole that other is, issue. And that's. You know. These people are allowed I think to that's be terrible. Of, they are. That's one of the biggest issues that we face in New York City is gentrification. And I say this having growing up in Brooklyn and experienced it and having my family experience it and yeah. having my grandmother. I talk, I used to talk about my grandmother a lot and all my on the live videos I did with you. She was yeah. a sweet lady. She lives in my neighborhood and she's experiencing it now where they are trying to push all the older people and people that have lived there out so they can raise the rent ridiculously and let people in because it's not a rent stabilized place i am lucky in having found a rent stabilized apartment but tell tell her to fight to the end she will win because uh the the reason why i want my case is you document everything you keep a record of everything and more importantly you don't have any conversation with the landlord without recording it 
because they will tell you one thing and then do another. So without proper documentation, tell her don't even bother talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only way to win because they will lie yeah. and force documents. They absolutely will. And the same thing happened to my mother. We lived in Crown Heights at the time and they raised, this was, I'm sure it was illegal. I'm sure you can raise rent, but not by that much. And they raised rent by at least $800. No, that's too high. Holy shit. And my mother isn't a single mother because she did have help from my father, but she was the one handling that on her own. And to raise $800 a month, you don't just like pull that out of thin air. Like, yeah. Like, so she ended up having to move in because of that, because it was a ridiculous raise. Like nobody can afford that much of a raise except for people that have moved here or have help from their family or all those things yeah. that, that cause gentrification. Yeah. So same way it was. I used to, when I, when I lived in a, on Atlantic Avenue, not far from where I grew up in Fort Greene, this is bed style. And like I said, dealing with the slumlord where I would just literally it would be okay, you know. I'm I'm doing what I gotta do, and then suddenly lights are out, water's gone, and the rent is raised from a thousand dollar one bedroom apartment to two thousand. It's like nope, nope, nope. This is not what I agreed to. <laughs> I have a I have yeah. a yeah. lease, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's that's Brooklyn um, in a nutshell, and I hope that Miles Morales does not have to deal with this when he gets older and has know. to look for an apartment. I really do. But um, do you do you guys mind if we move on to some uh, questions from our listeners? Yeah. All right. So uh, we asked for some questions on our Instagram story, um, and this is one of them. Uh, let's see. After almost two decades of white Spider-Man, like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and also tons of viral online campaigns for a Spider-Man of color, like Donald Glover, and uh, we finally have a non-white Spider-Man. But uh, would you say it's a cop-out that it's an animated Spider-Man? And just to put in some kind of background on how this movie was made, from my knowledge, is that they ha- they wanted to do an animated Spider-Man movie. I don't know whether it was going to be Into the Spider-Verse or not, but um, they wanted to get Phil Lord and Chris Miller on. And they agreed to do it if they would do the story on Miles. So... As far as I know, it wasn't even originally going to be a Miles story. Um, and then it became a Miles story and it became a Into the Spider-Verse story with all these other characters. So that's just a background on that before any uh, ans- potential answers. I do not think that it's a cop-out. And the reason why is because uh, licensing agreements. And originally, uh, you have to understand, Sony had the Spider-Man rights. They didn't want to give it up. They ended up uh, tag-teaming up with Disney and, and Marvel to do the MCU stuff. That really only leaves you with Miles. You couldn't do really anything else. Even if you, you did another animated Spider-Man story, to sit down and do another animated Spider-Man story means you would have to tell another Peter Parker story, which right. people are pretty much tired of. At this at this junction, since Sony is not doing well overall, I guess, with movies, this is basically your last bet. And as being as successful as it was, to have a lead... Uh, black character it's proof that it, you don't need a white male lead anymore you led just fine with a black male lead you told a different type of story you told something that was refreshing it's like it's like they were pretty much cornered and said you know what we might as well go with the thing we didn't want to do anyway and it ended up being the best thing for them cop mm-hmm. out no but a lucky plea yes definitely do you guys have any thoughts uh no i agree that they would have had to 
do another tired explanation of Peter Parker if it was live action. Yeah, I don't think I could handle another Peter Parker telling of his background story or anything. Like I I I feel like we've had so many so far that seeing Miles and getting to know and fall in love with his character was so refreshing and welcoming and it actually like it made me happy because I was getting to a point with Spider-Man films where I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to see another Spider-Man film. Oh my god. We all know what happens." At this point, we all really know what happens with Spider-Man. We've had three live action ones already so far, not including the cartoons. So this was this was nice. And seeing it as I actually really did enjoy seeing it as as an animation one because it was a new um media that I'm not used to seeing. Um, but also that it was nice because you get to do things with animation that you can't necessarily do with um, with live actions like you could see when his spidey senses were tingling you can see all of his emotions and his act like you were able to play with things a lot more than you would be able to in a live action film and yeah I know CGI exists but like I think I thought this was fun this was yeah yeah and like well like in CGI you wouldn't have like the panels that yeah. they did in the animation so like and a ton of other things that they did um yeah and do you think there will be eventually a live action non-white spider-man i mm. hope so white people they better be. so i'm gonna say no <laughs> okay <laughs> so well, we if, have... well if there... <laughs> you know and if there was who would you want to play miles uh Ooh. a fresh kid that, that we've never seen before same yeah the reason yeah, why I said yeah. that is just because the, the 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 amount of uh of white people who go well Black Panther wasn't really that good. Think about it, right? Well, now you know. What? I don't even want to get into that because I just I, I you know what? That's a whole other. Yeah, we'll save that for another yeah. another one. You can you can welcome me back for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like some people just aren't ready for it, and it's fine. But you just did the animated it's one. That's not fine. That's not. That's not fine. <laughs> That's not fine, Darius. I love you. I'm sorry to talk over you. It's not fine that white people aren't ready for a black live-action Spider-Man movie. I, I know it's absolutely not fine because it, it's it's ridiculous that uh, people will make excuses for not liking Black Panther or not liking Spider-Verse. And it's, you know, it's funny. Black Panther only came out, it stayed, came out less than a year ago and people are still mm-hmm. talking about it. How many other movies from last year are people still talking about? Not many. Exactly. So yeah. True. All right. So, okay. The concept of this taking place in a multiverse and having so many different, different Spideys, does this lessen the impact of the Afro-Latino Spider-Man? No. Because uh, it was still his coming of age story mm-hmm. and everyone else played a sort of supporting role. So the reason why it is it's significantly more his story and is... The reason why is because you felt it when immediately they killed the Peter Parker of his universe, mm-hmm. which is very important because it established that there's not gonna be a, a one of those retcons where everything's gonna go back to normal when this is all over. No, you have to change your life and move forward from here. And he was already thrust into it upon it like two seconds later after meeting his uh his his would be mentor. 
So I think that uh, it didn't take away from Miles at all. It definitely set the stage for him being a, a leader, knowing, uh, becoming, giving him the, the tools that he needs. Yeah, I do like that they had all the spider humans, <laughs> the spider people, go back to their own universes at the end. So it's obviously like, okay, Miles is the Spider-Man now. I don't like the concept of anyone can be Spider-Man. Um because I do think that takes away from the black experience or just like relating to him as a character. Cause it's like, oh, well, maybe in a different universe, Spider-Man's white. That's like, like no. yeah, but it's that's like, something but it's like, they no, could still like, hold on to. It's like, to. no, Spider-Man is black now. Deal with it. <laughs> like, that's the well, he's Afro-Latino. He's going to so, save so you. So he's still Don't black worry. and Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are not going to care until they see it under the mask anyway. A lot of people will uh, be like, oh, Spider-Man's cool. And then they'll find out, oh, shit, Spider-Man's black and he saved me. <laughs> yes. Oh, ooh, I'm just thinking. Yeah, imagine how many crazy racist people he's going to save in his existence. Mm-hmm. It's going to be funny. And I hope they touch upon that, too. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, so you have been very vocal on your social media handles about the importance of black men seeking therapy and just in general expressing their emotions. Uh, our culture essentially trains men, especially men of color, to be hyper-masculine and hide their feelings. And if you're crying, you're a woman, as if it's bad to be a woman. Um, so what do you think of the representation of masculinity and femininity in this film? Like, like how Miles, like, interacted, like, with his father and his uncle and their, their closeness and their bonds. It's definitely something to aspire to because uh, it was handled very well. Between the, the emotional uh, relevance between him and his dad and his mom and the way he handled things. The way he spoke to his mom with respect. He obviously learned it from his father. And even his uncle Aaron, who, you know, was the prowler, still had lots of respect for women and knew how to talk to his nephew. It was one of those things where... Even though he talked to him like a G or it was a lot of slang or a black vernacular in it, the point was he still spoke to him in a place of love and care as opposed to toxic masculinity. His own Uncle Aaron, who is a professional thief and killer, still spoke to his nephew with enough love to go, this is how he's, like, even with giving him tips with girl, it was never a, a, a place of a toxicity that I felt and even handling with the father. His father loved his son, and, and, and even though Miles didn't know how to deal with it, he was able to still express it somewhat when he was ready to his father. Maybe not right away, but when the time came, his father still gave him space. He gave him the ability to talk to him freely. He gave him tools that he needed to be able to be confident in that, even when he wasn't ready. A lot of black people don't grow up with that. We grew up in households where you're told, you know, listen, you're going to do what I do. These are my rules, whether you like it or not. You're going to... Be a man in the house, whether you want to or not, whether you're ready or not. You know, you're told you have to be a man in, in, in any situation, not knowing what being a man even means. Nobody even bothers explaining that part to you. The line is just be a man. So it, it's very cool to see not only it being explained, but actually uh, being a place of love and comfort and uh, and being able to hug your own, uh, another man without it being, oh, that's gay. Yeah. yeah. Or having to say no homo. Yeah. I hate that like, so much. Despise it. Yeah. Being gay is not an insult. Anyone who is like our age or above, 
is was taught that gay is an insult. Right. Well, not well, not just that. You you you're also taught to insult gay people, which is crazy. You don't even have a reason to insult these people. Exactly. Yeah, it's very it's rooted in homophobia. It, it's rampant in in black men. In the black in the black community in general, and it's it's something that is changing. It's taking a while to change, but. It, it, it's not going to change anytime soon, especially when you have people who are still teaching their kids, don't do that gay shit. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, it, it's very annoying and, and it's very difficult to either about and explain it. And it's the reason why a lot of black children don't come to their parents with how they're feeling about their, their feelings, it's whether they're queer, yeah. straight, gay, or bisexual. No matter what it is, you can't even talk to people about it because the first thing they do is clown you. Which is why I constantly tell people to seek therapy. Because even if you can't talk to your own people, you are going to need someone to talk to, period. And I know, at least with black women, black women have a channel where they can talk to each other. Black men don't have that. Whether they're questioning their sexuality, whether they're questioning uh, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. Because growing up in the hood, people don't realize is the equivalent of having post-traumatic stress disorder. It absolutely is. You see so much. And I've seen a lot growing up. And that's why I tell people, uh, you know, it wasn't until my late 20s, which I wish I would have gone sooner, but therapy is not cheap. But if you can afford it, if you can do it through Medicaid or Medicare or through your insurance, I highly advise you you seek therapy. Therapy is something that has not only helped me collect myself as a person dealing with PTSD, but as a person dealing with depression, and just overall express myself with feelings because I I have a lot of feelings and I would like to express them. And for years, I found it quite difficult to even talk to people about how I felt about many things. My initial uh, complete and utter anger towards white people is not just regular anger towards white people, you know, because it was very misplaced. And initially, outside of my white friends, I would literally beat the shit out of any white person who said anything negative to me. Now I can handle that with words as opposed to being physical with it. Because that's a that's toxic masculinity. You're taught that being physical is equ- is equivalent to being manly and that's what you need to do to be a man. And that's a trait you need to unlearn. You know, it, it, it's something that over the years I've I've completely gotten better with. Is it perfect? No. And I still have issues with it. But it's far more under the control now than it's ever been so. You know, therapy. It works wonders. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. you. Agreed. Agreed. Um, uh, yeah, so like... I did... Oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, you, you go. Oh, I was going to say how much I loved, in case you didn't catch that, Miles Morales. His last... He actually has his mother's last name and not his father's last name because his mother is the one that's Puerto Rican. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And I think about that and I just think oh, wouldn't it be so cool if I, like, had a kid and they had my last name and not my my figurative husband's last name? I'm not married or dating anybody. But I'm like, they get my last name. I'm sure it would be a discussion with my partner then, but... I, I feel like if you feel that strongly yeah. about it, end of discussion. <laughs> I feel very strongly about my last name. It's well and keep it because, uh, I mean, the thing is, you know... Miles's mom is a successful nurse, and she has a name to make for herself, so she chose to keep her name. Therefore, mm-hmm. when they had Miles, they chose to let Miles keep her name. It was totally fine. It was a representation okay. of the father picking Miles' first name, 
and keeping the last name as both a uh, a blessing towards them. The combination of the two heritages come together. Something else I definitely need to say is that Miles' mom, like how she was drawn was amazing. She wasn't a stick figure. No, yeah. she was curvy. She, she yes, she she was curvy. She was like she had like thick thighs. She like it was so wonderful to see. I was like, oh my god, she looks like like an actual human. And like I'm saying this like as someone who is kind of a stick figure, but not all women look like that, and they shouldn't all be drawn like that. So it's yes. it, it. I loved that aspect. I was like, this looks like a, like a Latin mother, <laughs> like what I would think is Latin mother, like. Yes, but it, it's it, I don't I hate to say that she looks like a real person because real is so many different body types, but she yeah, is I know, I know. she you know, she's a representative of a body type that you don't get to see very often yes, in exactly. any portrayal of media and that's what I loved so much about it. I was like um it 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 made it feel as though okay, you don't have to be super skinny and super fair skin to be pretty and to be represented in the media because whenever you see anybody that's of these different like anything aside from what society has told us what looks what is supposed to be beautiful you never see it really in a good light you never see it portrayed positively and that was so great was that rio his mother rio has a successful career she has made a name for herself and she has a body type that represents more people not to say more people but it's it's something different that you haven't seen and people uh, who don't get to see uh, very as someone often. who runs a company that deals with custom measurements i would say more people okay more people yes yep. i'd agree with more people yep. um <laughs> the underrepresented the underrepresented yet greater population mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so in this movie, we um, pretty much all the Spider-Man, Spider-People stories, we deal a lot with grief. Um, do you wish you uh, that we had like seen more of the impact of losing Miles' uncle on him? And uh, yeah, I guess. Um, no, because I think is, I mean personally, I think as Black people, we deal with enough grief. So it was impactful. It was short. It was to the point. And I think for a sequel, you will deal with the aftermath of that. Because it's really, really rough to already see things you can relate to, both positive. Like, you don't see enough of it positively. And I know you needed it, that little negative impact for the movie. But sometimes that's just more than enough. I, I, I'd I, seen my, my fair share of that stuff. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, I understand. I would also agree with you on that. I feel like growing up and having the Black experience, you do deal with enough grief that adding... I feel like if you were to add it to his uncle already passing and him having to continue being a hero after that, that would have been too much to handle. I, w- I would like to see that touched upon in the sequel and how he is, how he's, ha- how he's handling it because he'll have to go through several stages and he'll have to eventually like deal with it with his father and his mother because it was his father that found his his uncle yeah. there. Which... Oh God, That's, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. As an aside, not about Miles, you know, uh, we love talking about him. Uh, something I didn't know, but I looked up later and found out was that uh, 
Penny's uh, SPVR suit was built by her her father, and her, and he died while building it. Mm-hmm. So like it makes that scene about losing her suit like even more dramatic yeah. and yep. tragic. Oh, like yep. that's an aspect I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why when she lost the suit, I felt really bad because uh, it had the last uh, memories of her father in it as well. That's why the robot also acted like her father. It had his memories. So yeah, uh, so it's like revisiting. I'm gonna cry. No, yeah, you wanna that when I saw that scene, that reminded me of Big Hero Six. And oh my god, I'm gonna cry. I loved that movie so much. But when you finally got to see his big brother again in Baymax, and it was like, wow, that like Tadashi's memories and not memories for per se but like the videos of him and him programming Baymax was kind of how i felt towards penny's um yeah very it's very soulful yeah so um i wanted to move on to gwen stacy um and uh talk about kind of her role because in the original peter parker uh story she's basically fridged right um and so jenny did you just use fridged as a verb <laughs> yeah because that's what happens and uh everyone's familiar i don't know is everyone familiar with that term fridge i am women in refrigerators we, we talked about this for a long from time from the kyle rayner green lantern yes it does yes it yes. is his girlfriend dies in the fridge to develop his character yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's probably the most violent uh, beginning for a phrase that I can think of, but yeah. I think that yeah, that's just where it all started. Was was messed up is, you know what I, I get where they're coming from, but because of that, people continue to do things like that that followed up for it and use it as an example. And I was like, shit, you took a like an actually good story plot and turned it into this staple, and I hated it because of that. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. If you look at it as just one incident, it's great. It's a good driving point. But then you look at everything that came after that when Kyle Rayner was evolved. DC pretty much just kind of used that as their staple. Like, oh, woman dies. I'm going to be a better person now. I'm going to be a better hero now. It's it's annoying. Yeah. yeah. But in her story, Peter Parker gets fringed. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's a change of pace. Yeah. So, um... It was really nice to see Gwen Stacy as the hero of her own story. And um, it was exciting to see Doc Oct Doc as a Oct. woman. Yes. Um, that was so Olivia she- Octavius. Olivia Octavius, right? Yes. Yeah. Live Gang. Yes. yes. Live Gang, yes. I-, I enjoyed seeing her as the villain in this. Because not very often we do get a female character villain in not very often do they also get to be scientists. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is really cool. <laughs> so she could clown everybody, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, both, I, I feel like both... So Gwen Stacy had, like, amazing intro music. And then Doc Ock just had, like, a great, like, reveal scene. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. She There's so nervous. many moments. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. I was just gonna say, because even she was curvy. I like how everyone was drawn shapely. No one, it, yes. even Kingpin. Kingpin, who was literally just a big old block of cheese, was a great block of cheese. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
well, that's I, I mean. Read it, was, it was so that he would take up the whole screen type of thing to be like, yeah, yeah. larger than life. <clears throat> yeah. And it worked though. It it definitely worked. I it really did. I've yes. never the artistic com- choices were amazing. Yeah. I've never compared a character to a block of cheese. Have you ever eaten a block of cheese? That's what the kingpin is. A force to be reckoned with. <laughs> yes, it sure a force is to yeah. give me gas. Okay. Hey man, cheese is delicious. Sorry. Yes, it is. But you know, no, I do enjoy that all of the characters were very they were all varying in body shapes and sizes, and that's not something you very often get to see. Even in live action films, which yeah. it just I feel like toothpick, pretty face, Photoshop, toothpick, pretty face, Photoshop. <laughs> Even with the men as well, not just yeah. the women. Whenever you see yeah, the they, men, they all are yeah, very. I read well it was like an artistic decision to make Miles lanky. Yeah, I mean, that, I, like but, a, instead I, of like a built. Super did good. you yeah. did you guys notice though, like his growth spurt after being bitten by the spider? Like he was able to fit adult clothes; his pants couldn't fit. He was just longer he had high in general. Waters. Yeah, he was just longer in general. I love that. Yeah. But uh yeah, like, you know, it's not just the women, it was the 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 color choices, it was the size choices, everything kind of mattered in this. And as much as you thought it wouldn't fit, it it everything was like a perfect puzzle piece that didn't really have a shape. It just conformed and fit to where it needed to. It was perfect. It did, and I think that's yeah, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here and say that's kind of part of what makes New York City so amazing and so great is that you walk outside and you see all the different ethnicities and you see all the body types and you see how beautiful it is to live in a city like this. And nothing can compare to living in a place where there is so much diversity like there was in this movie. Yeah, I'm super thankful for how long I got to live in New York. I would not be the same person. It's true. It's New York cool. City's fun. So but, I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about um, the f- future of like the sequels. The future. Um, the future. I'm gonna be the in future. it. Yeah. Yes. I would like to. I wish. What do you uh, kind of want to see for the f- for the future sequels? Not not the past sequels, but the I future can't sequels. Wait to see Cindy Moon. <laughs> yep. Silk. Will I, you explain I, to me? Oh, sorry. Um, who she is? Oh, yes, because I I'm not that familiar with a lot of the Spidey characters, but I would love to know more about who she is. Uh, I am the world's worst person at summarizing, so Darius is gonna explain. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got you. So, um, Silk was we come to find out during a storyline called uh, uh, I forgot what. It was. Wait, wait, wait! I know it! I know it! Is when the orb encounters the secret of Watu the Watcher. And basically, we come to find out that the spider that bit Peter Parker bit a second person that day. And it was Cindy Moon, and she was in class with Peter, and it also gave her spider powers. But she met up with Ezekiel, and Ezekiel locked her in a room is because uh, she was one of the people who had special powers who could defend them against what's going on with uh, Moreland and the Inheritors, which I think they're probably going to follow up on with the sequel. I really do. Um, And the Inheritors are these... People who eat uh, spider totems, people with spider powers, and she uh, kind of gets thrusted upon. Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> everyone's all three of our faces are like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that's what my brain is doing right now. Sounds like a com- like, sounds like comics to me. Yeah, <laughs> part of uh, the course. So uh, you know, it, she finally gets out of this room and she meets Peter because what's going on during this whole 
explosion of secrets in uh, throughout the world. And it turns out they have like this spider attraction to each other. So being around each other makes them really like uh, not level-headed at all. It makes them want each other. So then she develops a spider power. She decides to become a hero. But she's been trapped in his room for like 15 years. So it's really crazy to see her catch up on what's going on, join in on the Spider-Verse stuff, and then kind of just jump in and become her own hero. And then uh, she has a lot of great adventures that uh, she even has a series that runs for about a good 40 issues, which is a lot to say for a character just introduced, you know? Yeah, it's... It's really good. I've only read the first um, trade, but it was really good. And something I love about, I, I believe it's in that trade. Um, she's she's actually in therapy. Yeah, she goes to therapy. And I thought that yeah. was really cool to include in the comic book. It's like, yeah, like she probably has PTSD from being locked in a room for 15 years and not knowing exactly what happened to her family. And e- even better is that so a, it's cool she, to show that. Yeah, even better, she's an Asian superhero. She goes to an Asian therapist. Mm-hmm. She uh, defends uh, China and Koreatown. She uh, she has a team up with Amadeus Cho when he's the Incredible Hulk. So there are a lot of things that she does in her short time of having her own syndicated run, which is great because she covers a lot of bases. She helps friends through uh, a suicide once. Um, there is a lot to cover with Silk, and it was very well covered. And I do appreciate what they've done with her in a very little amount of time. That sounds yeah. awesome. I can't yeah. wait. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah, what else are you excited for? That's what I'm excited for. <laughs> you guys are excited for uh, Silk, and I, I honestly got to say I'm excited to see them touch on the Inheritors and quite possibly uh, a clone saga for Miles himself. Because even with uh, them killing uh, his universe's Peter, who had blonde hair, so I know they were taking a whole stab at Ben Riley. Um, it's going to be fun to see where that goes. Yeah, something my husband, um, while we were leaving the movie, suggested was maybe they'll do a sequel in live action. I hope not. And I was like, well, I was like, I think that might be weird because I think a lot of people might be lost if you yeah. just do a sequel in live action, I, but the original's in animated, um... I think it. Although, would, I think it would be great though if you did uh, one of the characters from the universes is a live action when they visit. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be great. Yeah, if like Toby Maguire just popped out of nowhere, yeah. wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, <laughs> oh, and Donald Toby Glover would Maguire. be Miles. That would be great. <laughs> I he's I still feel, old though. Yeah, he I doesn't feel need like... to be in everything. I mean, I love him, but he doesn't need to be in everything. Yes, he when does. New... Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. I feel like if we had an actor. <laughs> All right. Old Toby Maguire as old Peter Parker. I'm well, sure Toby the reason Maguire why I said the reason why I said Donald Glover would be in it is because if you imagine them becoming the live, like let's say they came to live action just for like three minutes, Donald Glover would would look like the way Miles would look. So you would have him look like Miles and play Miles for that three minutes as a cameo. He's like a sixteen year old. No, but they talk about doing a, a, a time skip for the second movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. 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 Fine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't he, know that. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I'm sorry. I thought you guys had knew that. I'm so sorry. I thought you guys knew that. No, it's okay. Yeah, they... it's all right. You're not like my brother in ruining Spider-Man. For... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I try not to ruin things. So I just assumed you guys had knew. But even the director said the sequel plans to be a time skip anywhere between two and, and, and eight years. So that's a huge Oh, it's because gap. they're planning on having Donald Glover. 
<laughs> I wish. Two and eight years because two and eight years are so similar. <laughs> Like yeah, it's really wild. Well, think about it, right? If, yeah, but if, if they do... did that, they could have that be a live action movie, and they could yeah. just have like some flashbacks and be like, like, oh yeah, like when I was younger, this is how well, I became Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. Because like, it... I've been Spider Man for like ten years or eight years now. Like, exactly. If you do the eight years, he'll be twenty three. He'll be doing the college stuff. You get to see him as really starting off being an adult. If you do the, if you do five years, it's him going to college or starting college, whatever it is going to be. So you still get him at different walks of life, which I think is great to cover. We've only seen him just start high school. Ooh, whoop-de-doo. We already know how high school goes. We've seen that a million times. Now, seeing Miles go through college as, as a, a black kid from Brooklyn would be great. We see him cover different places. Is he going to stay in New York? Do he decide to go further because he's a Spider-Man and go abroad? We won't know. But that's kind of the stuff you cover, and you have a wide variety to uh, exchange with him now. Cool. True. I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Spidey in college. That'd be fun. Yep. Spidey at a house party. Ooh. <laughs> will he have uh, Peter Parker's and uh, low tolerance of alcohol, or will he be great at what he does? You never know. You know. Or he, will he be? What? Will he be sober? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what if he? Did, That'd be what, really cool. He's too, it would fuck with his sober. Spidey senses too much. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he can do like, it, so realize that, him. and then stop. Or, or yeah. even worse, he tries his first drink and he venoms things the entire party. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a great really joke. Bad. I'm sorry. That would be a great That's joke. That's really bad. Why did I laugh at that? Because it's funny. That's why. <laughs> he, he drinks, he hicks up, and then he turns invisible. Like, you know, it's cool things Aww. like that. Because it messes oh with God. his powers. <laughs> so, speaking of funny, what... Uh, to wrap up our Spidey combo before our geek sesh, what was the funniest moment for you? I know what I think it was. I'm thinking, thinking. But yeah, I'm when, trying when to he, think. When he gets when he gets bit, and it's super dramatic because it's always super dramatic when Spider-Man gets bit by a spider, and then he just like flicks it off casually and walks yeah, away. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> That was really funny. That was, yeah, because there was a whole dramatic build up to that. Yep. And he was like, nah, man, don't care. Don't care. Um, I thought Peter B. Pa- the way they did Peter B. Parker's backstory was very funny, too. Yeah. Um, where he's like, I'm totally okay, but he's crying in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Oh, yes. We have. Uh, what about you, Darius? What I'm, is I'm what's your funny moment? Okay. You know what? Funniest moment is Miles walking down the street greeting all his friends. Cause I felt that. <gasps> oh emotionally. yes, that was so. I lovely. felt that emotionally. I was like, this is making me laugh, cry, and have lots of memories of growing up in Brooklyn. So I would have yeah. to say that. Him yeah. definitely greeting everybody was one of my best moments. Alright. It um, shouldn't have been funny to me, but it was. It really was. No, it it, no, it, it was. It was it's really a good, good moment. It was a good moment yeah. for me. Oh, it's really difficult. But it was the one that was also in the trailer where his dad is like, say I love you. (laughs) And he's trying to go. And I see that and I'm just like, God damn, that's my father. I felt that. And my uncle. Like, all of my uncles do this crap to me. And I'm just like, I love you, bye. Like, my uncles used to, like, drop me off at school, elementary school. And they would, like, put me on their bike and I would go. And they'd be like, I love you. you. And I'm like, oh, my God. I love you, too. 
go away. Yeah, I also, just want to like, go to fifth grade. <laughs> as much as I, I don't like when boys touch me at all, I did think the scenes with him and his uncle Aaron, where his uncle was like hey. telling him how to talk to girls, <laughs> was hey. pretty damn good. <laughs> that, oh. It, it's it's oh, r- it, it really it's cute. rough. It's rough because yeah. it, internally I'm like, this is adorable, but also, why did you touch her? So yeah, <laughs> we're all there. When all he then there. goes like, on, see, oh my gosh, when it, he he, he was really, there too. He was like, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> it's it's really hard to fight that because me growing up, you taught, you know, you're welcome to touch someone if if you seem to be invited, but you have to know when the lines are there. And as a teenager, you clearly don't know that they're there. And as soon as he touched it, he realized, oh, I messed up. I'm so messed up. <laughs> and it was like slow-mo and he yeah. knew. He, oh, and God. It, yeah, didn't he? I would, then that's when he got stuck to her, too. Yep. So, like, he, yes. he messed up so bad he got stuck to her. And ripped out her hair. <laughs> and yet, yeah, well, they cut it. But the scene when he then goes on to compliment her hair and he's, she's like, you don't get to do this. You caused this. Yeah, exactly. You can't do this. I love her. Yeah, you don't get to you don't get to decide. You don't you don't get to say that. <laughs> Terrible. So many good moments. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, all right. So that was our Into the Spider Verse um, chat. <laughs> so every episode we do a geek sesh, and this week we are doing the trailer for Far From Home. Mm-hmm. I was very excited when that trailer came out. Um, can we just talk about the fact that Peter is finally getting to meet Nick Fury? I mean, I kind of felt bad for his friend getting tranquilized, but yeah. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on that? Like, uh, I didn't feel bad because that entire scene is taken straight out of the comic books. Yeah. Oh, okay. So gang falling on his face—that actually happened in the comics. <laughs> so, uh, poor guy. <laughs> Hey, I feel like he just gets like the short end of the stick sometimes. Do you think uh, he's gonna like course. fanboy? Not out? always. Do you think he's gonna like fanboy out? Yes, yes, because he, he's gonna make a joke, and Nick Fury is probably knowing Samuel Jackson. They're probably gonna have some banter, and I'm gonna love every moment of that. He's gonna say yeah. something weird, and Nick's gonna be like, "You know what, kid? I like you," and then I'm just gonna love it. <laughs> that was a really good impression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, "You know what, kid? I like you." Mm, you know what? Uh, it's gonna it's gonna definitely be a lot of good moments. Yeah, I, I mean, so, I mean, my first thought when watching it was, Spider Man and Nick Fury are alive. Well, we don't know the answer. <laughs> oh, to God, was that really that ruin Avengers Four for them to have shown that trailer before? I, you, you, well, his his not oh, okay about the end. It's about the journey. <laughs> well, not just that. Also, um, remember in Infinity War, he was on a school bus trip. That could have been them coming back from the airport. So Far From Home could be before Infinity War. Yeah. I choose to think it's <laughs> I don't think it is. It, it's not that you can't. It, it, it would make sense. If, if you want to if you want to finagle it that way, you can. Right. If you want to trick yourself into thinking. I mean, I don't give a shit. Look, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to wait until they give me the timeline and be like, this is where it's taking place. I, I don't want to speculate. Like, they took the date out of his passport like the not oh, the, date, oh, the year the year yeah of his passport so that you couldn't tell when he got that passport yeah they did it on oh, purpose okay. that was smart mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's probably gonna then it's probably gonna well also the movie comes out july 5th 
So, you, you I know. I think it's I'm after. I actually after. upset. <laughs> I can't. I can't I'm going on vacation I'm, I'm that week. I'm snapping my fingers. Goodbye, Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Thanos. Bye, boy. I won't we even won't be die. in the country when this comes out. I'm upset. You won't even know. You won't even know. And then it's still like, then there was all the nods to like the Sinister Six with Sandman and then Hydro Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had covers on boats, co- cover numbers on boats. I'm like, man. I've heard, I, I read about that. Yeah, immediately I noticed it. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> And then there's like the noir looking suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you like it? I'm I'm reserving all judgment till I see the movie. That's how I usually do about these things. Well, you can kind of you can kind of see what it looks like. <laughs> no, because uh, what uh, here's what a lot of people don't know. Uh, when I do my work for, for for what I do for work, I get to see mm-hmm. a lot of preliminary designs, so I kind of mm-hmm. can't say anything anyway. But more importantly, mm-hmm. um, it's even worse because when you guys get those trailers. That's not the real final designs or anything. That's they, true. They Photoshop a lot of those uh, teaser trailers to just not be able to spoil anything for anyone. So there's stuff that you're not even seeing yet. Interesting. That sounds like you know something. I agree. <laughs> there is always know something. Uh, yeah, what, what I don't do know what y'all talking about. Okay. Mm. All right. You can... Okay. We'll see. And toys, I've heard that toys spoil a lot of yes, they do. movies now. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, yeah, when you think of production time, toys need to know what's going on beforehand. So it comes out like... That's why a lot of toys are also inaccurate because out. we have to go on... <laughs> we have to go on stuff that's not out for like eight months. So it's like, oh, why isn't this accurate? It's like, all right, you try working with a sketch design from two years ago. So... <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Interesting. Okay. Same thing I can say for Endgame. There's a lot of stuff that no one knows anything about. You just get sketches and, and redacted information. That's all you get. That's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm like, what's happening? You won't be able to figure because out Because I love costume design. You won't be able to figure out anything. And I just... They are not going to leak a single bit of that. And the person that does leak it, I feel sorry for you. Because you will never have a job again. Wow. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That person will never have a job again. Well, good to know. So don't leak that information. Um, um, what else was in the trailer? Um, Peter. Yes. All right. So Peter, who is now going on the school trip, and from what it looks like in the trailer, is that he's leaving his suit behind. Right. And he's kind of feeling torn with being a kid a teenager going on this trip and wanting to experience things as a teenager and dealing with the responsibility that comes with being Spider-Man. Like, how how must he be feeling? Because that really, like, hurt my heart because I know what it's like to be a teenager with a lot of responsibility and want to just be a teen. Like, how do we feel about the what, what he must be dealing with right now? I don't now? think he cares at all about being a teen. I think he cares about being Spider-Man. Tom Holland is so psyched to be Spidey, <laughs> but he did leave his his suit behind. Yeah, but all, he, I think Nick Fury brought yes. him his suit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I it it could if it, if this is happening after Endgame, it could also be because of something that happens in Endgame that PTSD he torn. Oh. Yeah, he did get wiped oh, out of existence. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
he could honestly be like, I need to take a break from Spider-Man. Spider-Man is something that I leave in America, but while I'm out on this school trip and like with my friends and with my peers, like I want to be able to enjoy this because it's the only time I'm ever going to be able to and with MJ. enjoy this life. And with MJ, yeah. Hi, I'm a socially awkward teenager that went into space and fought monsters and aliens, and I want to go to Europe and deal with normal stuff. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> when you put it that way. I mean, literally, that, I, I, that's the way I feel like. I feel like, look, I think it's great to be Spider-Man, but like all people, superpowers or not, you're going to have a breaking point where you go, I need to build a new uh, threshold for this, so I'm going to empty my tank, and that's kind of what this is. And it, yeah, I feel like it's for him being Spider-Man was so normal and then theoretically saying this is after Endgame, so much has happened and so much has changed that he needs a new normal in his life that isn't going to put him in a bad mental state. That, that yeah, he be can't it. be Spider-Man 24-7. Yeah, he tried that in the comics. It didn't work out. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it didn't work out. And he actually had to go to therapy from there. With Doctor Strange, all superheroes need therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, even if let's say it does theoretically take place after uh, Endgame, I'm just actually worried about the rest of the world. Because in theory, if a bu- if half of y'all got wiped out of existence, everybody should be taking a vacation. That's true. <laughs> you're you're so right. Catch me on the beach someplace, my man. If I got wiped out of existence and I came back, I'm just gonna be like, listen. I'm quitting my job. I'm not coming back to work. Look, but do you think you come back with your memories knowing that you were I'm wiped out? pretty sure you do because you're just going to get recollected from dust. <laughs> I hope nobody threw you out. Oh, my God. So sorry. That was so dark. But, like, all that dust, you just sweep it up. Toss it. Like, what if but, the dust gets separated see, see, from but, your body? But here's the thing. But here's the thing, though. You didn't, you didn't even turn, like, regular dust. You 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 got turned into dust that evaporated, literally. If you right, there's the, no dust. Yeah, that's exactly. Left. There was no dust left. You got literally evaporated into nothingness. So when you come back, you're gonna pick up right where you left off. You know how crazy that gotta be for you. <laughs> Imagine how much time probably passes. It could be like six months. You lost six months of your life. Like damn, man, I was I was whole nothingness for six months. Fuck that. I'm not going to work. That's been crazy for everyone. And all of a sudden, your loved one just appears back in your life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You moved on and shit. <laughs> everyone, you, you've been grieving. Everyone needs therapy. Both in the Avengers universe and in real life. <laughs> and of course, that's assuming that everyone's going to appear six months after. No, we they don't need know. therapy even if they don't appear. <laughs> Listen, what if he evaporated all therapists and everybody's screwed? Oh my god. I hope not. I really hope Thanos not. is really out to kill him. Well, we know um, Thanos didn't go to therapy. <laughs> We know for a fact he did that. There was a meme. Did anyone see it? It was it was in reaction to Thanos frolic. Was he in that field of flowers? He was frolicking in the field of flowers. flowers. And somebody posted a picture and called him. He was like, "You raggedy bitch! (laughs) How dare you get to frolic in flowers after you just wiped out half the universe? And it's not just on the planet Earth." It's all the other solar systems. Yeah. Half of them gone. You don't, I would uh, I would go up to him. I would also be like, you raggedy bitch. I mean, how dare you? I don't it, like using that word, but I would. Listen, yeah. call Thanos. <laughs> I, I think the, I think this Thanos is better than comic book Thanos because comic book Thanos wiped out half the universe, 
went off to some distant planet and became a farmer and acted like nothing happened. I think this isn't that is, what's gonna happen. I don't know if he's gonna isn't be a farmer, he? but I I mean no, I mean literally he changed his clothes and put on a whole farmer's outfit, had a rake and everything, was like, oh well, hey guys, acted like nothing, like nothing happened. I'm like my man, you ain't just wipe out a whole universe and was like, oh you know I'm chilling now, it's nothing. You want some water? That like <laughs> that's how he was. He was so nonchalant about. It. I was like, son, reading that as a kid, I was like, yo, you really don't give a fuck about nobody. But this. This Thanos is a little bit. I don't like. I think he's I think not they like. Want more. I think they he's want... not remorseful about doing what he needs to do. He's remorseful about what he had to do to get. That makes you. That goal. makes you. That makes you even worse person. Oh, so you're saying he's a worse person, therefore a better character? Technically, like, yeah. What... If, if, okay. Storytelling wise, it made him a better character because it's going to relate to people who are very toxic and terrible. And they're going to think he's a hero for it, as you've seen in many other posts. But in reality, he's a shitty person. Because instead of taking responsibility and building better resources, he said, fuck it, I'm going to wipe out everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we have the resources. The resources exist. It's not just that. We have. He had whole space technology to give out more resources. And you chose to wipe out half the universe. You telling me you got whole uh, uh, sort of spaceships that could travel as fast as light, could bring all sorts of resources, can conform into tiny little boxes and stones that can create infinite resources, you're going to still wipe out half the universe? You're a shitty person. Yep. Yeah. So, back to Spider-Man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to it's go okay. back. Um, uh, another character I liked in the trailer was I was going to say Zendaya. No, MJ. <laughs> MJ for the yeah. win! Yeah. Are people still yeah. mad that she's black? Yes, people of course. are. Of course, yeah, of course. People are still mad. They're mad at everything. They're just salty. Um, I like that they played it and kind of. She's not Mary Jane. She's Michelle MJ, and it's like she doesn't necessarily have to fill the shoes or that role of being Mary Jane, and she gets to stand alone as this character, and she is a dope character. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, like there's no reason for her to be played by. A white girl. Right. I just don't think that in this point in time, you got to keep doing the same things over and over. So changing her to not only a black character, but making them not necessarily already be together as teenagers is great. You make them, you're doing it different. And that's kind of what's keeping it fresh. Yeah. And you get to see, you get to see Peter essentially like develop a crush on her, which is so sweet it's so adorable and it's like i mean not only that her activism in the first movie where she's like protesting in dc and she's the only one but i'm like you go girl exactly that's what like the line from the trailer the the when he calls her pretty and she's like and therefore i have value (laughs) (laughs) that yes absolutely like oh am i paying my pretty space rent yeah (laughs) i mean that's that's probably one of my favorite things yeah and she obviously has a crush on him too. Right? Yeah. And yes. but she doesn't really she's show it. it cool. Very, yeah, she she's doesn't show it, it at so all. Cool. It's very funny the way she shows it. She's playing it real subtle. Um. Yeah. <laughs> real subtle. She's gonna be like, "Hey, big head," and then be like, "You know, really, you have a big head." But she's that's her way of flirting. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't, like... but wasn't MJ in the comics super snarky too? Yep. Still is. So like it's so it's perfect. 
Yep. Nothing's changed except their skin color. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, um, it's like, like to, I don't know, like it, it's almost like finally getting like our proper Hermione. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can see it as us getting our proper Hermione. Yeah. I can see that. I wasn't mad at the first uh, one, but this one works too. So I'm looking forward to seeing more MJ in this film. I'm just very much For happy sure. that we don't have to kill any more Gwen Stacy's. So yeah. Yeah. And that my brother can't ruin that for me. Word. Word to Big Bird. Yes. No more. Oh, can we talk about Mysterio? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about him. I was trying to leave him out of this because I love Jake. For certain. I, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, but you know, fuck Mysterio. He's an asshole. <laughs> his, his name is actually pronounced Jake Yellenhuli. Did you know that? What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to be like, oh my god, really? I would have been like, who hated you when you came to Ellis Island? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually Jake's joke that I stole. (laughs) Listen, if that was really really something, I'd have been like, listen, man. We're just going to call you Jillian Hall anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Change your Um, name. Yeah, so he's an asshole in the comics, you said? Oh, if he, if he's playing Quentin Beck Mysterio, he's a total asshole, totally snarky, and he's great. But that's why I'm like fuck Mysterio because he's actually, uh, yo, he's a showboat. Like it's so great. Like so, yeah, he's gonna steal the show. If you go into, if you know anything about comics, you know he's not who he seems he is. Exactly. Right? That's that's the yeah. they they plan it out the perfect way. It's just like the comics. They give but it he, his his powers. Look cool. His they look powers. Cool. Yeah. I, I like powers. <laughs> Quote unquote powers. Um, the, the best part yeah. is he's going to be fucking with a teenage kid. So that's what makes this the most fun. I'm excited to see them interact. Yeah. I would be surprised they actually turned out to be powers in this one. Because, you know, motherfuckers just wiped out a whole universe. So I'm not surprised at this point. <laughs> Anything could happen. Yep. Anything. Well, I'm excited. Word. I, I am... I'm I'm hoping they do the Quentin Beck, because the way they the way they're doing it is basically based off his first appearance, where he kind of you know what don't want to spoil it never mind shut up yeah let's not spoil <laughs> it um but uh it's it's gonna be cool it's gonna be good yeah, yeah. it is so it's gonna... Darius thanks for coming on and chatting with us can thank you, you thank tell you. can you tell the humans where to find you yes if you would like to come and see some of my work you can follow me on Instagram. It is D two underscores amazing with the G at the end. Or you can visit my website at uh, d-amazing.net. Uh, I would appreciate you guys checking out my work. It would be great. So um, yeah, I'll check Super it out. Cool. If you don't, you don't have to follow me if you don't want to. I'm, I'm saying if you don't want to follow me, you don't have to. There's no pressure. You have to follow Darius. <laughs> if you don't, Everyone. they'll kill my whole family. Don't do it. Oh no! <laughs> no, you can't You'll say get that. swiped out. Oh, that was a joke from. Or a super villain beginning. It depends. It depends. <laughs> That's actually a joke from a movie, which is pretty funny. It's uh, oh it's uh, it's from Euro, not, not Euro Trip. It's from Road Trip. He's like, man, if you don't eat this fucking pizza, I'll kill my whole family. And it was like, what? <laughs> so it was, it's like, why did you have such an extreme reaction to pizza? He's like, I fucking love pizza. I'm like, okay, I get it. People do love pizza. Okay. Yeah. So, thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe, review, and rate us. Our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram, 
Fandom and Wellness on Facebook. And Fandom Wellness on Twitter. Darius, would you like to say our sign-off? Uh, even if I don't remember it, I'm going to remix it for you guys. So, all right, uh, it's going to be a little bit of blend between mine and yours. As always, guys, you got to do good, be good, drink your water, but most importantly, don't take no shit from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect.